Hello there, friends. Welcome to the Fantasy Maverick Podcast. This is Jimmy Maverick, and today we are going to talk about tight ends. I got three names you need to know about, tight ends that are looking to break out in 2020, and I got four names that are going to be busts. So stay tuned for that right after my new intro. That's right, friends, coming at you from Santa Fe, New Mexico. It is the Fantasy Maverick, Jimmy Maverick here, and today we are going to talk about tight ends. Now, there are, obviously, was it a great year for tight ends last year? I mean, I think that's up for debate. Um, it was certainly better than the year before when it was just basically three guys and then everybody else. Um, this year we had about six startable weekly asset tight ends. Um, and then you had kind of everybody else. Yeah. You, you had, uh, flyers. You had tons of injuries in the position. It is a tough position to get it, but, but, uh, you know, when should you target tight ends? Who are the tight ends you should target? And which ones are due for some regression next, this next year? So that's what we're, we're going to talk about today. Uh, these are all tight ends that are in the league already. Um, one thing that I never ever do is I never draft a rookie tight end. So, you know, last year it was, uh, it was uh, Noah Font and TJ Hawkinson. Lots of people drafted those guys and, uh, you really regretted it. They didn't do anything for your team. Uh, don't even look at the rookie tight ends coming in. But, you know, Hawkinson and Font might be good, but they are not on this list either. I am looking at third year guys and on up. So let's start off, um, first of all, with a long shot, man. This is this is my longest of long shots as far as tight end recommendations go. But I got to say, man, this guy has the opportunity. Um, Blake Jarwin of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, Obviously, he played behind um, uh, Witten this past year, and uh, I do not expect Witten to return to the Cowboys this year. So that means his, let's see here, he had, what did he have? He had like uh, 83 targets last year. Okay, so Witten had 83 targets. Those targets have to go somewhere. Blake Jarwin is the guy that they will flow to if everything happens as I expect it to. Now, I do not expect Dallas Cowboys to pick up a tight end in free agency. I don't think they're going to have the money for it. Um, so that means this is going to be Blake Jarwin's role to assume on this offense, again, with a good quarterback that likes his tight end. Um, there's decent volume probability here. And and what I really like about this guy is he he's basically a no-risk pick, all right? When we are looking at projections for this next year, he is currently projected as the tight end 25 at about pick 183. So you're talking right at the end of most fantasy drafts. Uh, now, I usually do not draft a second tight end. It's kind of a personal, um, you know, personal uh rule that I follow. But if you are in a league which has a larger bench, like if you have eight or more slots and you go, you know, and you guys go like 20 rounds or, or 18 or 19 rounds. Um, yeah, I usually do take a second tight end. And I got to tell you, Blake Jarwin is definitely going to be on my radar for that. Um, let's see here. And, and so that is, you know, that's a name that uh, definitely put him on your radar right now. We'll see what happens during preseason and training camp and stuff, but I think the opportunity is there for him to really do something, and this is going to be his third season in the NFL. That is the best season for tight ends. That is when they really break out, so he's a guy that can do that. 
Now, a couple of guys that I think you need to be cautious about because I think they are a potential bust is the duo of Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard on uh, on the Philadelphia Eagles. Man, I, I got um, to say, combined, these guys were pretty impressive. Combined, 222 targets, 146 catches, 1,523 yards, and 11 touchdowns. Um, that's pretty impressive uh, for uh, for two players on the team. Uh, but of course, you got to realize that they were mostly the victims of circumstance and the fact that there were no other receivers that were healthy on that team for virtually the entire season. And because of that, they had a, an unbelievable, it was like a 36% target share um, of the offense. And I do not expect that con to continue. I can see the Eagles drafting a star wide receiver and the, the amazing set of wide receivers that are up in the draft this year. They're going to get one of those. Um, you know, you're going to have Deshaun Jackson back healthy. Hopefully, uh, there, there's going to be a variety of other people to spread targets out to. Of course, Miles Sanders will be back, you know, so. I am not going to count on the fact that those guys are going to achieve that level of target share again this next year. And because of that, that makes them a regression candidate. Volume is going to fall. Production is going to fall. And they're going to be overdrafted relative to their draft position, especially Ertz, who uh, right now is projected as the tight end four at about pick number 43. Kind of early for me. I got to say. I think if he fell to the fifth round, I'd probably take a chance on him. But in the fourth round, not really interested um, in him, D despite the fact that he gets pretty amazing amount of volume. He had 135 targets last year. That's very good. And, you know, Goddard was no slouch either. He had like 83 targets or something along those lines. Um, he is currently projected at the TE14 at pick number 118, which is actually, it's not too bad as far as a projection goes, I think, for where he would be selected. But... I just see this thing as there's not going to be enough volume and you're never going to know which one of these guys is going to be involved in the game plan. You know, if you recall at the end of last season, Goddard was, was getting like all the targets and all the production. Ertz kind of fell into the, uh, fell by the wayside for the final three weeks of the season. Um, that's not what you want to have happen. You don't want to deal with that on a week-to-week -week basis, not knowing which of these guys you need to start. So, frankly, I'm just going to stay away from it. It has been a long time since there has been a duo of tight ends that have both been able to be fantasy relevant during the course of the season. So, uh, I don't think it's going to happen here. I wouldn't count on it, and because of that, I would stay away from those guys. So, let's move on to our next candidate. Another Here's another guy entering his third season. Uh, and uh, he is on the Carolina Panthers. His name is Ian Thomas, and he is going to benefit from the fact that Greg Olson is no longer on that team. Um, so Greg Olson vacates 82 targets on that offense. Um, Ian had like uh, 30 targets this past year. So we're talking 112 targets are up in the air that could potentially flow Ian Thomas's way. That puts him top five in volume for for passing volume i also heard today that cam newton is going to be back and uh, you know cam newton run first offense low volume passer these kind of players favor the tight end and we know from all those years that he played with greg olson and gave greg olson amazing production i can see the same thing happening here with ian thomas and you know obviously cam is a risk 
Is Cam going to be able to stay healthy? Is Cam going to be Cam again? Or is he going to be that hollow shell of a player that we saw at the beginning of last season before he went on injured reserve? Um, right now, uh, Ian Thomas is currently projected at the tight end 17 at pick 132. That is a bargain. I, I mean, really, if if things go the way they seem to be going right now, shoot, Ian Thomas, to get him in the 11th round of your draft – and he has he has basically top five tight end volume. Um, holy cow, that is an opportunity you are not going to want to pass up. Um, he is close to the line for me for being a recommended your TE one man. Take him as your one. Use those. Use your all your early picks on wide receivers and and running backs, and then grab this guy in the eleventh round. Uh, I think you'll be in great shape. So uh, obviously, also the concern here. Same with Dallas. They might also sign a free agent tight end. I don't really see that happening either. But we will wait and see. Obviously, there are some big names. The tight ends that are in free agency, um, like the next guy that I'm going to talk about, uh, Austin Hooper, man. I, I mean, who is uh, had a great year last year, 97 targets, 75 receptions, 787 yards, and six touchdowns, and he did most of his damage in the first eight weeks of the season. In the first two months of the season, he was the tight end one. And um, he is basically an example of why I love contract year players, man. I mean, he came out gangbusters, had a career season last year, uh, even though he missed three games and then he came back and he wasn't nearly as effective in the, in the final three games of the season. Uh, but uh, he did what, you know, I mean, had he stayed healthy, shoot, he would have been the best tight end in the league and we wouldn't be having this conversation. But because he did have that poor second half, um, he has not been boosted up as much on uh, as far as as far as the draft list for the upcoming season, uh, you know, last year he was a great bargain. He was the 10th tight end selected at pick number 86. Great space to get a tight end. Um, this year he has moved up to the tight end six at around pick 60, which is where I really like to target my tight ends is right around your fifth or sixth pick. Um, that's for me kind of the sweet spot because I want to get a tight end that's good enough that I can rely on him every week, but is not so expensive, uh, relative to his draft, relative to their draft position, like the elite guys are. It's a good middle ground and that's where I like to target him. But anyway, um, uh, you know, the biggest issue with him, I, I mean, if he gets re-signed by Atlanta, I still like and recommend this guy, even if he regresses a bit on his production. Um, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen, man. He is probably going to get shipped off to another team. Um, he is, you know, he is a free agent after all. And so I think um, if that happens, I would not touch him, man. I mean, don't don't deal with that. Players that change teams, their production suffers. He is going to be, um, like I said, that regression risk is going to increase exponentially if he moves to a new team with a new coach and a new playbook and a new quarterback. You don't want that. If he stays with Matt Ryan, I still like him, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So I would not take Austin Hooper. So what about who, who's my, who's my best, who, who is my number one breakout tight end this year? Well, I got to tell you, uh, Mike Gesicki of the Dallas, I'm sorry, excuse me, not Dallas, Miami Dolphins. 
I can't believe I'm recommending a Miami Dolphin, but I got to tell you, man, I think he is going to be huge this year. Had a great season last year. He went um, 59 catches on 81 targets, 570 yards, and five touchdowns. And the thing is, he, uh, boy, he would have been like the perfect tight end to pair with Austin Hooper last year because Austin Hooper was great for the first eight weeks and then Mike Kosicki was great for the next eight weeks starting in week nine um, but really developed a nice rapport with Ryan Fitzpatrick and um, has achieved really nice volume now uh, he is and the thing is he's not getting a lot of love on the draft board man um, projected right now tight end uh, tight end 11 um, no, I'm sorry. He's projected to be the tight end 15 at pick number 127. Um, again, great bargain, you know, right around where Ian Thomas is also being selected. Uh, if I had a choice between the two, I'd definitely take Kasicki, um, just because I, I trust his production more. Um, and like I said, he is, um, I think he's going to be a great choice. Uh, obviously the biggest risk, Ryan Fitzpatrick, man, the guy can be good really, really good. And the guy can be really, really bad. And, you know, you never know which Fitzpatrick you're going to get. And hopefully, you know, I'm just saying there is a quarterback controversy risk. If Fitz slumps, they're going to be calling for whatever rookie uh, quarterback they decide to take, probably Tua to come in midseason. That would be very disruptive to Gesicki's production. But uh, I think it's a risk worth taking given his draft position. So um, definitely put him at the top of your list right now when you're looking at uh, tight ends for the 2020 season. So who is my final regression T tight end? Uh, well, for, for me, I, I got to tell you, Mark Andrews. And I'm sorry to say it because I love Mark Andrews. I had him in a couple of my leagues last year. He did great, of course, until week 14 when I got bumped out of my playoffs because he had a really bad week. He only got like one and a half points that week or something terrible like that. But he was uh, 64 for 98. 852 yards, 10 touchdowns. And the reason why I call him a regression candidate is because of those touchdown totals. Uh, I got to tell you, man, um, Lamar Jackson was playing out of his mind. His touchdown efficiency was so far above every other player in the NFL. It was crazy. Uh, here's a comparison, okay? So um, for uh, for Lamar Jackson... One out of every 11 pass attempts were touchdowns for him. One out of 11 pass attempts. Attempts, not catches. Attempts. Um, let's compare that to someone like Patrick Mahomes, all right? I think most of us can agree that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. How'd he do last year? Oh, he got a touchdown every 18 pass attempts. So almost twice as good as Patrick Mahomes on the touchdown efficiency metric. And I got to say, the, the same thing happened uh, with Cam Newton back in his Super Bowl season. Um, and what happened the next year, man? Uh, Lamar Jackson, I am projecting his touchdown total is going to fall by about half as to where it was last year. Probably right around 20 touchdowns, passing touchdowns. He'll still have rushing touchdowns. But his passing touchdown total is going to regress hard. And that's going to majorly impact 
his pass catchers, of which Mark Andrews is the number one pass catcher on that team. So I can see Mark Andrews fall into five five touchdowns, maybe six on the high side. Four is a likely number. Um, that is going to kill his value. And when you look at his draft position right now, tight end five, pick number 46, man, that is early. And you are banking that he's going to be able to improve on what he did last year. Last year was so good. So good, especially with the touchdowns. Um, I don't see any way that Andrews can repeat that. And you are going to be very disappointed if you spend that early pick. That's a fourth-round pick, man. Fourth-round pick on Mark Andrews, so don't do it. So let's just recap real quickly here, man. We got... uh, my breakout TEs are number three, Blake Jarwin, number two, Ian Thomas, number one, Mike Gesicki. That's the guy I really like the most. Definitely get him on your target list. But the the tight ends, you just, just stay clear of them this year. Just don't bother. Let someone else take this risk on. They're going to get burned, not you, right? So Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Mark Andrews, and Austin Hooper. So, thank you very much for watching the Fantasy Maverick podcast. I hope you liked it. Please, uh, please like, subscribe, comment below. Um, let me know if you want to talk about any other tight ends. I'd be happy to. And of course, I'll be back again next week. They, they've got the, um, the the combines going on this weekend, so we'll be talking about that. And uh, in the meantime, man, uh, have a great week. Have a great rest of your week and a nice weekend. I hope the weather's nice out there because it is freezing in Santa Fe right now. It is cold up here. I hope we get some get some of that early spring that the groundhog predicted. We haven't gotten it here yet. But anyway, thanks for watching, everybody. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you next week.